Welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and a therapist at Still Point. And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point. And today we have a special guests with us, Beth and Jenna from Still Point. Hello everyone, my name is Jenna Corcoran. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist associate. And I um, work with Josh, Abby, and Beth at Still Point. Hi, I'm Beth Johnson. I'm the clinical director and I have lots of licenses and certifications and I just love doing therapy. And today we are talking about a topic that is seems pretty near and dear to all of our hearts at Still Point. We are going to actually take a moment and explain what brain spotting is since we've mentioned it multiple times <laughs> in episodes. Um, want to make sure that we actually have somewhat of an understanding about what we're talking about. That way, if and when we inevitably mention it again, everybody has some understanding of kind of where we're coming from and what we mean. You know, Josh, I almost want to start out with what brain spotting is not. So brain spotting is not surgery. Brain spotting yeah. does not mean that you have necessarily spots on your brain. Let's see, what else is brain spotting not? Brain spotting's not meditation. Brain spotting is not prayer. Brain spotting is not contemplation. Brain spotting is not magic, although it may seem like it. A lot of my clients tell me I'm... I'm a magical being working all of this really cool uh, stuff out in their brain for them. And it's it's definitely not magic, although it is really cool. I was going to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it. <laughs> but yeah, totally been told like, oh my God, this is like magic. So how did you guys come to brain spotting? Good question. Well, we came to brain spotting because we interviewed this wonderful, absolutely fabulous human who needed an internship. And we were all really, really excited about him. And he had already taken, I think, phase one and two of brain spotting and brought it to our practice. And be, the kind of people we are, which I value and appreciate about, about each of us, is that we, especially with new tools or modalities, we like to try things out before bringing them to our clients. And so this intern, uh, Josh, actually, one of your podcast leaders who works with us now, he did brain spotting sessions for all of us so we could learn more about it and how it kind of fit into still point in each of our practices. I have decided that that is the best thing I've ever done in my entire practice is have students to become interns because they become the best therapists ever. And of course, that includes Abby, Josh, and Jenna. I have learned so much from each of you. And from Josh, it was this situation where oh, and I've learned brain spotting. And I was like, he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's a brand new therapist. He, we're going to have to listen to this a minute. But with curiosity, I came to understand that this is a modality that he had actually deep skill in, 
that could change the direction of taking care of patients, especially patients in trauma um, who were experiencing dysregulation. And Beth, like, can you kind of explain really fast, like what dysregulation means? Yeah. Dysregulation is kind of a fancy term for being emotionally either scattered or overly intense. And we find oftentimes in our um, own lives, obviously, but also in our therapy practice, at least my therapy practice, that people come to you when there is a stuckness in intensity or kind of a spinning in um, scattered scatteredness and they cannot find a point to land on. So dysregulation is something that people are not even aware that their bodies and their brains need to come into alignment so that there can be regulation. So people tend to be dysregulated when their brain is doing one thing and is not connected at all with their body, which is doing another thing. So what I hear you saying is that like when the emotions or like the intense feeling that someone has kind of overrides their ability to kind of function, that would be dysregulation. Yeah, I think that's, it's dysregulation is kind of a hard, a hard concept to explain. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things, you know it when you see it, um, but it's, I think people feel it and don't even know what it is. That's where I think dysregulate, like a lot of times most of us are living in a state of dysregulation, even in our daily lives. Because if you would have asked me if I needed brain spotting about certain things, I would have told you, no, I'm good. Like it doesn't bother me that much. And as we teach our clients, like you can take the most simplest annoying pieces and try and brain spot them. And usually they're connected or rooted in much deeper wounds. And that's what I find fascinating about brain spotting is that there is this, a way of introducing lots of awareness and opportunity for healing that you would have never expected. I think that's true. I, I actually wrote a blog post about my first experience with brain spotting with Josh, and it was essentially around taking my licensing exam, which was something that, you know, I needed to do. I wanted my license, and um, it was something that, that we all supported that I go do, but it just threw me into this space of I couldn't even, like, I physically couldn't talk about taking it. And so Josh, thankfully, did a lot of brain spotting with me on that, and I figured out how deeply rooted my stuckness was and how it created that dysregulation and kept me stuck from being able to take it. But once I, you know, worked through that over a couple, you know, brain spotting sessions, I took it. I felt great about it. I felt calm taking it, which was a very weird experience for me because I'm never calm in testing situations and I passed. So yay. Thank you, brain spotting. <laughs> Well, and Jenna, that's exactly my point. Like, even the concept that you could actually be calm in situations that usually you're not. I mean, that, I mean, I think that's a huge phenomenon that you can actually be in a regulated state. And most of us don't even know that we 
are not even in a regulated state. I think, fortunately, I'm becoming more and more aware of, even if it's not like a 10 out of 10, as I say with some of my uh, kid and teen clients, you know, 10 out of 10 is like the volcano's blowing up and it's taking out all the village people around it. Um, even if I'm not a 10 out of 10, there's varying levels of dysregulation. So even a twinge of discomfort can, you know, escalate and brain spotting can help with even what I would call like a two or three, you know, feeling of discomfort or activation or dysregulation and not just the 10 out of 10s. One thing I want to make sure to mention is this concept of the eye movement and how that ties into brain spotting. Because brain spotting was created um, from David Grand when he was doing some experimentation with an EMDR process. And EMDR is the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And so when you might experience brain spotting with us or you experience it with another practitioner, you start with where your eyes go when you are thinking or feeling about something particular. And you, you won't even realize it. And that plays into like that fundamental truth in brain spotting that where you look affects how you feel. I think it's fun that when you start working with somebody in brain spotting, they start noticing where they're looking as they are thinking. And they become aware not only of where they're looking, but where you're looking. And even when they go into a regular life situation, they'll come back and report, I can tell when people are trying to process or regulate by how they're looking at different places. So just that one little tiny piece brings a whole different perspective to how we process information and how we regulate during that processing. What else do you think people need to know about brain spotting? In brain spotting and in training, there's this principle around it that we don't make assumptions. We don't make judgments about the brain spotting process because really there are infinite possibilities for it. And and I think that is a, a wonderful way of looking at brain spotting as a practice. It's connecting with another person through their journey of brain spotting because I don't know you know I can't see things or hear things or know what's going on as people are processing unless they're sharing it with me Um, I have people who share and people who don't but there's this phenomenon around we aren't supposed to make assumptions and anything is possible we don't get to be the ones that decide how much healing is possible or what's going to work Uh, So anything is possible. I think in David Grant's book about brain spotting, he quoted that there is no healing without creativity and no creativity without healing. And so brain spotting is really a creative process. And I never quite saw myself much as a creative person, but working with, you know, at still point, I I think I've changed my mind. There's all different forms of creativity and there are no limits. And I think that's something really a big concept of brain spotting is we don't have limits in what is possible. We just have to have the courage and the creativity to, to see what happens, I guess. And I think for me with what I have learned from brain spotting is 
some permission that I haven't had for many, many years to be a learner again. I think after you've been a therapist a really long time, there's a invitation that is lost to you. And that is to be a, a, a beginning mind learner again. And I know when the very first time I became aware of the precepts of this practice, um, it made me actually feel quite uncomfortable because the practitioner is in a place of not knowing and of being curious, just like the invitation is made to the other person, the client, to be in a place of not knowing and being curious. And at first, I think that was an uncomfortable position for me to be in again. And I didn't really trust it because for a really long time, I have felt the obligation actually of being a knower of what was going on in the process. And this is allowing me to be a learner with the person that I'm sharing that experience with. I love it that David Grand gives such great permission to all of us as we learn the practice to stay curious about what we can grow within it and what we can do within it that is not prescribed by somebody else. Beth, I think that it's such a powerful thing because I think that as clinicians and as all of us have practiced and been clients of brain spotting, like it, that is such an empowering role to hand to the clients to be like, okay, like I'm here with you. I am like in this with you, but I'm giving you the power to decide where you want to take this. Like, where does this go? And I think that is such an empowering thing. Like they get to kind of be in charge. <laughs> I mean, it's granted it's their subconscious, but it is definitely their process. Like they get to own that. Well, you know, Josh, when you and I started very first talking about uh, brain spotting and you invited me into the process of just experiencing it, I told you I thought it was like dead chicken therapy, like, you know, this should work about as much as a dead chicken, looking at a dead chicken. But what I what I got had to learn was that um, just as if just as I do not know how if I skin my knee, how my brain allows my body to heal itself, there are parts within my brain that I don't know how the brain heals it. But if I give it the right parameters, the brain itself knows how to heal. And I, I am learning to trust that with myself, and I'm learning to trust that with my patients. And um, I don't think we trust that a lot in our culture right now. It's like we know how to heal. Um, we can just relax into that healing and not demand it. And um, that's been a fun thing to bring into this time of my life is being able to relax into that. That is one thing that I share with my clients is that, that exact example. Like if we cut our finger, if we have some type of scrape or cut, like our body knows what to do to heal. I mean, our brains do too, but often we want to get in there and control it. And like you said, demand, 
like certain things about how this healing should look. And I mean, a lot of that is projection and trying to protect ourselves in that demanding controlling space. Whereas if we like set back, be like, okay, brain, I'm setting the parameters like for you to do your thing. And it just does what it needs to do to, to process. I mean, and I will say like something that from my own experience, when I first started brain spotting, like I was like, yes, let's go brain spot. I want to brain spot every single day. It was, I don't know, like mind blowing to me. And it seems like the more I have brain spotted clients and the more <laughs> I have had time to reflect on my own experience, I find that sometimes it's hard for me to enter into the brain spotting space because having processed through some of like major things in my life, there's a part of me that a yes needs to brain spot this, but the other part of me, it is the feeling of like, I don't want to be in a space again where I feel upset like that again. So it's really hard for me, like in this current space to like want to enter into that brain spotting space as the client, because like of my own fear of what that means for me. Because when I've brain spotted in the past, it was like this really heavy thing. I mean, granted, I don't have a whole lot of really heavy stuff right now, but I can totally see how the idea that we are processing these traumatic things and brain spotting can be really scary for people. I mean, because shit, I am a therapist and sometimes it scares me. I mean, I don't think that it is scary. But I do think that the, the stories we tell ourselves about these things can create roadblocks in the process of our healing. What I really appreciate about, Beth, what you said about discomfort and Josh, what you're saying about like kind of that hesitation to go back into that space, I think that is so honest and so true that when we're at like a heightened amount of discomfort, we want to like just move through it, get rid of it. And there's also the honesty of being uncomfortable in that brain spotting space, in that dysregulation, but especially with brain spotting, knowing that you're not alone in that I think is huge. And there's this other piece of once you've moved through those really pronounced areas of discomfort, it is harder to go into those more subtle areas of discomfort. And brain spotting can be used for all of those things. I think that's an interesting point, Abby. I've had many clients, including myself, that's like, oh, I'm only a little uncomfortable now, like maybe a two out of 10. So I'm good. I can stay at, at this level of discomfort. I need a little bit of discomfort to motivate me. So I'll just, I'll stop here. Two's good. I don't need to go any lower than that. And in reality, we have the opportunity to go all the way to zero and I think what's what's really important is to, to explain to people is once we get to zero, and what we call in brain spotting, an opportunity for expansion, an opportunity to expand even past our area of discomfort into as calm and neutral a space as we can be. And there's possibilities and creativity and curiosity that can take us into, you know, all any area of further development uh, if we allow ourselves to go all the way into that calm space. And we've kind of been tiptoeing on the next question <laughs> since we started. 
So how do you guys think that brain spotting can or does help someone? Well, if it does nothing else in this crazy clamorous time that we're living in right now, it creates a moment of stillness where there is a hemisinking sound wave that grounds the person to the present moment. And I have found, at least with some of my people who are feeling very uncomfortable in their own lives and bodies in this time, that just that experience alone grounds them into a more comfortable space without even finding a spot on the X and Y axis where there is either activation or where there is a calmer, grounded feeling. Just that quiet holds a lot of potential calm. I Just that piece. There's so much that I have seen. Uh, I talked earlier, I guess, about kind of stuckness and when we're, we call it activated in in um, brain spotting activation is is being uncomfortable or upset or dysregulated to a certain extent and when we remove that activation and we take that down to zero even in my own experience I've been able to make different decisions better decisions see situations out here in the world differently be present to them differently and in a regulated and calm way move through something that used to be so triggering so activating so upsetting and now that that kind of those subconscious parts of my brain are calmed down and they've worked through things that have happened to me what happens out here in the world now I'm able to deal with differently and I've seen that for myself and for my clients and that changes the narrative for us. That changes the story. That changes the way we've always had to do things into how we want to do things. I remember my first brain spotting experience, like where, I mean, I think it was a few sessions after I actually started. And the challenge that I was working through, like I remember having like a big release in the process, like, and but what I mean, like I was crying a lot. <laughs> but I remember not long after that session, a scenario happened in my life where what normally really triggered me, like I had no response to at all. And the only thought that I could remember playing over in my head, okay, now I'm used to doing this certain thing and now I'm not. So now what do I do? And I think that kind of goes back to that expansion piece where like you get to create what it is that you want in that space. Like how now, how do you want to engage? And another thing that I think is really important about brain spotting and yes, brain spotting treats trauma, but I think it's also important like how brain spotting can help people. Like that's not all that brain spotting treats like brain spotting can, as we've mentioned, like can be little things, it can be big things, like it can treat just about anything. <laughs> I've used it for anxiety, depression, addiction, trauma, and I think that by assuming that brain spotting only will work for certain things, we are pigeonholing ourselves into not being able to see the, I don't know, the expansiveness of that process. I've had clients that were like, 
when I've mentioned using brain spotting to them, and even what little bit they may or may not know, assume that like they're not in a space bad enough, or it's too bad for them for brain spotting to work. It's either they're not enough or they're too much for a type of modality. And I think that brain spotting is super adaptive to anyone who is willing to try it. An open invitation to be curious. Because really we, in in whatever someone brings in as an opportunity to brain spot, we are being curious with them and following them with curiosity and exploration. And if people can come in with that simple mindset of I'm going to be curious, I think that's probably the most important piece because if you come in any other way or assuming that something will pop up or assuming this or that, I think it is all about being curious so that we can we can kind of see where it goes, wherever it goes and whatever it is. There are no topic limitations. And I think that's a really challenging piece for people and even myself. It's like instead of being curious about the process, there is a expectation that you should know the answer and helping ourselves and each other get rid of that expectation is a really big part of the invitation. That's one thing I see people benefit from brain spotting the most is that possibility. And both those invitations that you're talking about, I think are huge for people. Because if you think about the invitations we expect to have versus the invitations that we could have or like are possible to have, we have no um, conceptual reality of what that could be. And that's what I see in working with people and brain spotting, like your reality just continues to grow and grow and grow. The reality of how I treat myself or how I might have self-compassion or forgiveness or how I might see other people in a way that I didn't see them before or how I might look at a situation and see different options instead of only one way. And then I think it goes like even beyond that whether it be in a spiritual world or even from like the different areas of our lives. And I mean, I have experienced healing within those different layers. And I think it is monumental when you start to realize that there's so much more possibility in your reality than you thought there was. Josh and I actually did some of this work yesterday together and he got to walk me through a brain spotting and it was, it was very revealing. I'll just say that. You're leaving us on a cliffhanger, Abby. I know. (laughs) I'm inviting everyone to come experience it for themselves. Okay. Because their experience will be different than mine, and that's okay. So Josh walked you through brain spotting. Like you did brain spotting. Is that what you mean? Yes. And so the invitation is for Josh to walk us through it? I mean, we could. (gasps) Well, and I think it's important for the audience to know that not only did we try brain spotting the first time, you know, Josh kind of came in so we could see how, like, the potential of how it could fit. And really, it's kind of laughable now that we've gone through brain spotting because there isn't just one fit for it. Um, So in our kind of closed-mindedness, we're like, well, where would we use this and how would this work? And then we started doing trainings and it's like, 
anywhere and everywhere. So <laughs> there really is no right or wrong place to use it. But we do brain spotting with each other. That's kind of part of our our own journeys too, that, that we're working on our own healing journeys. Um, and, and I value each of these people, you know, Beth, Abby, and Josh, because we don't want to ask people to go through processes we are not willing to go through. And, you know, I think it's a continual journey for us to, to support each other with brain spotting and continue working on our own journeys. And I know we've talked a lot about how brain spotting is super expansive. We don't always know what we're going to find once we kind of get into this process. And I think that can be really anxiety inducing for some people. So what is it, what are the concrete things that someone can expect? I know this isn't a question we've discussed, but like, what are some of the things that people can expect coming into a brain spotting session? I think people can expect to be attuned to. And what I mean by that is that when you come in for brain spotting, we are right there with you. You are not left out in the cold or alone in the process. There's always the invitation to, to do whatever you need to do or express whatever you need to express. And whatever those things are, that's okay. And to give that permission to someone might be uncomfortable at first for them, but to reassure you know, the client that we are there for them, we are holding space for them energetically. Something else I think people can expect is that we are a guide in the process. We walk, we walk you through different ways of looking at eye positions, how to narrow down a topic. We assist in supporting you in discovering what you're looking to unfold. I think, and, and this is, it, whether it be in the use of brain spotting or outside of it, one thing that we work really hard to develop in therapy is a solid relationship. And so it might not, you know, we have some people who come in and the very first session they're like, I want to do brain spotting. We do have that. And then we have people who come in for a myriad of other therapeutic support and we always start, no matter where you're at in your journey, we start with the relationship. And that is extremely important for us because if we can't build a relationship with you and build, you know, help you build trust in us, it does make the brain spotting more difficult because it is a very uncomfortable experience. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy to do. It is not. And I am a big crier, like Josh said, Josh. <laughs> I pretty much just, I start off with tears. I usually can't even say what I'm in a brain spot and then it'll just start, you know, I'll just start crying, which is fine. Um, I've learned to value what those tears mean for my processing, um, which has been a whole journey in and of itself. But I do, I think we start with the relationship no matter what. And and we want you to buy into that relationship. So we work really hard to make sure that, that we're providing that relationship for you to buy into. And speaking from my own experience, like being both client and clinician, I know that one thing that people, a client can expect, especially if I'm the clinician leading the brain spotting, is that we're going to be focusing in some ways, on the somatic feeling, so what you're feeling in your body. 
how when we look and think about certain things, how that impacts how we're feeling in our body. And there will be multiple times, sometimes more than others, depending on how hard it is to process or, and hard, I don't mean like I can't find anything, but like how overwhelming it can be, the more I will keep checking in with you. The more, so the tighter I'm going to pull that frame if I notice that it's really challenging for you. Whereas, I mean, and sometimes it's challenging for someone and like they have no response to it. Because, I mean, there's, in that it can look a million different ways. But one thing someone can expect, especially from me, is that we are going to focus on your body and how it feels, especially around the topic and where we're looking and that I will be checking in with you and like kind of pulling your attention back to those spaces in your body to kind of help maintain that focus. I mean, and then at sometimes like I just let you do what you do. And again, I think that goes back to what Jenna was talking about, that relationship, knowing how the client processes and what that client needs and attuning to that client and being able to meet them where they are. Something else I want to make sure to mention is that you might find us say things like, notice that, or notice what you're experiencing. We invite you to be open to that. Just be curious about that. Or we might mirror back your statements to you. And the point of me sharing this is because sometimes it can be awkward or odd for someone if they haven't experienced it before, where we are acting as that mirror back to you instead of interjecting any thought or feeling or opinion or judgment or assumption into your process. And that is something that I have taken with me beyond brain spotting and do with all of my clients. It's always... I, I will never suggest you do anything. I will always invite you. And I think that that is one really big thing for brain spotting is because that, that's what it is. We are inviting you to do something. Do you have to do it? No. But I'm inviting you to notice that feeling. I'm inviting you to notice this idea. And I think that kind of goes back to that empowering piece. Like this is something that is available for you to see if you choose to. And that is your decision right now, if you are ready or not. I think one thing that you can expect as well as we teach a lot as we're going through the process. So we tell you what the options are. We give you choices. We invite you to make decisions. So for example, there's different setups for brain spotting. And if you have a topic that seems, you know, a 10 out of 10, very extremely activating, and you would rather, you know, kind of process and be curious about that topic or where that takes you from more of a calm or regulated space, we can set it up that way. So, you know, we're here to give you what the options are and, and kind of explain those to you as well, kind of educate. We're, we're big in education. And we want to teach you not just do things and, and help you with interventions in any way, shape, or form, but we also want to make sure we're sharing the, the options and, and providing you the knowledge that you need. So guys, what is your favorite skill in brain spotting? 
being quiet. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting... uh, When you say that, it actually makes me think of in working through grief and loss, one of the things that is taught in some of the trainings is to allow for silence, that it is okay to be silent. It is okay to be quiet. And sometimes in the, in the quiet moments are the most powerful and, you know, for some people the most uncomfortable, but allowing silence or allowing quiet is a huge gift um, and learning how to be comfortable in the silence. So I think that's really good. And it's a skill for me. I have to work on it. <laughs> I would say one of the, these are, there's so many tools and so many resources in brain spotting that I've kind of pulled out and, and taught in other ways too, like finding a calm, grounded space in your body somatically and how you can resource that and use that, you know, throughout your day to day as kind of a, regulating tool. I think that is a huge one that's a part of brain spotting, but we actually pull out and teach people how to do outside of brain spotting. The second one, and probably my most favorite, is this tool called vergence or convergence. I think it's it's called both, but I think in, in the correct clinical terminology, it's vergence, but it's essentially putting your finger up in front of you. And I actually have a video on this on our Facebook page, but looking at the tip of your finger and then looking directly past it, like you're splitting your finger in half and you switch back and forth every few seconds, that virgin's tool actually can calm and, and set up and kind of alert your parasympathetic nervous system to calm yourself down if things are too stressful. And I use that a lot with kids and teens because there's so many situations they can't get out of, like if they're getting anxious in the classroom, where they can just take their finger, you know, not up where people can see it, but just even down on the side of their desk and and look back and forth at that to kind of regulate and calm themselves. Like those are the kind of tools that, that I think are very valuable that come out of brain spotting as a modality. One of my favorite tools is finding different spots or finding multiple spots in one setting where they might represent different things or different experiences. And a lot of times there might be like we might start off with two spots, one that's the most activating and one that's more of a resource. And giving that permission to be able to fluctuate back and forth between the two, again, helps reinforce that skill of regulation and allow someone to experience what's called pendulating between the heightened state and also the relaxed state. I found that it's a kind of a combination of like some of the things you guys have said. Yes, I do love the fact that brain spotting offers regulation tools for outside of a session. It teaches you how to regulate yourself. And I think that is really powerful thing, especially in what seems like a society today where not a lot of us know how to regulate. We're not really taught that stuff. And I think that's really powerful. The other like actual tool that I like, I love rolling spots because like in my experience using it, both clinician and client again, it takes you through the multiple emotions that you hold around a topic like over here I may be mad over here I may be sad over here I may not feel much over here I am 
whatever happy about it. And it allows you to kind of move through those various feelings. That way when we actually do potentially focus on a specific spot later down the road, it's not as intense or it's not as overwhelming. Again, me with the questions we have not previously discussed today. But what is the one thing that you wish people would take away from this episode? I think the one thing that I wish people would take away from today's episode is that there is a modality that is coming into a maturity. It's been it's about 10 to 15 years old now and but it's just now kind of coming into its maturity where for the first time we have some imaging of the brain that actually shows how when we are participating in this modality that activated parts of the brain can become less activated and in that less activated circumstance new neuropathways are created wherein people can live life in ways that are no longer triggered by past memories past threat or perceived threat and we have a choice to live in that reality and we can do it by using brain spotting I think for me, the thing that I would like people to hear most is that brain spotting is a modality that can be used for anything. And it can provide an opportunity for a much deeper healing than what we even can recognize as possible if you allow yourself to go through the process. I work a lot with families, and so one takeaway from today would be how this can be beneficial for your children and teenagers. Um, That's primarily, actually, I've done training in that area of how to use brain spotting. Even, um, you know, one of the newer areas that is being explored right now in brain spotting is how to work with pre-verbal children, babies with traumatic birth stories and things of that nature and also working with families. So, you know, one thing I think would be important to step away from today is how not only you as adults have the opportunity to heal and and work through things that have happened to you in your life, but your children and teenagers do too, especially when there's collective experiences that you have. Um, I would encourage families to show up and participate in this process together and not just one person, but there's an opportunity for families to heal from things too. All of those things that you guys are naming, it reminds us that there is more possibility. And that's what I hope people can hear from this episode, is that you you can heal. And this is one option of how to do that. And I think all of us can attest to healing with brain spotting and how we continue to use brain spotting and helping our clients heal too. So yeah, I'm hoping there is more awareness, more openness, and we are inviting everyone to curiosity. I'd like to thank you, Beth and Jenna, for joining us today and talking about brain spotting. And as always, thank you for listening. You can always find us on our 
our website at stillpointhealing.com. You can find us on social media, our Facebook, Pinterest, and now our Instagram page is finally up at Still Point Healing. And we will see you next time.